Welcome back to another episode of Ask the Teacher ABC. We are so happy to have everybody here with us today. Um, it has uh, been so exciting to talk about all these things and get so many questions from people. Um, we're really doing our best to kind of field all these questions, right, Mom? Yes, it is about categorizing and crunching and seeing where we can answer questions and kind of double down on some things as well. So, right. Yeah. So, so how's we, it going up there? So you guys were outside the other day. Yeah, we were um, actually mushroom hunting, uh, doing some foraging the other day. I'm happy to say that we were successful. I mean, not, of course, to we didn't find a honey hole or anything like that, but we did find some chanterelles and we found some morel mushrooms. So I feel like that was a success. Oh, good. And you guys got some exercise too, right? Oh, yeah. Well, it was beautiful. And then it started pouring down rain. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So. Well, you know how that goes. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Um, how's it over there? It is nice and sunny. We've had great weather. It's been a little bit a little bit breezy at times. So it's all been pretty good. It's not as hot as it normally is. So the temperatures dropped a little bit. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, and for see sure. that full moon out the other night. I was wondering, like, why are why is everybody so crazy? It's like, oh, the moon was full. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> that's another episode, right? Yeah, that's another episode. Kids in the full moon. What to expect? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this uh, getting back on track. God, that's so funny. Um, um, so today we wanted to cover um, a few things because we got some questions in from some teachers. Um, specifically about classroom management, right? Yes, exactly. We want to talk about classroom management near the end of the year and how it's a little bit different. And now you have to adjust for the end of the year, just that. Right, right. Because I know that, you know, classroom management is such a huge topic. I mean, honestly, people could could talk about it all day. Um, one of the things that I think, yeah, really is important is talking about how to how to keep classroom management at the end of the school year, you know, after they've taken all their tests, you know, the kids, it's May, there's only a few weeks left of school. I mean, even up here, you know, we're in school until June 14th, but still the kids kind of, you know, especially after they're about to be in that, that kind of stage in a couple of weeks where they're like, okay, we're done. No more work. I don't want to be here anymore. It's summertime. It's summertime, you know, because up here, it stays light for a long time. Um, yeah. And I know that you guys are really close to the end of the year down there in Arizona. Um, when's yeah. your last day? We are like May 23rd. So mm-hmm. it's really getting close. Yeah. May 25th, somewhere around there. And, you know, like you said, the the kids feel the end of the year because the teachers feel it. So, yeah. you know, what kinds of things do you do? How do you change things up? How do you keep kids learning because that was one of our posts the other day you know school is not over there's still time to learn and mm-hmm. I had a couple of kindergarten teachers actually reach out to me about um, the end of the year and and I want to say first and foremost that we bow down to kindergarten teachers we know how it is to teach kindergarten now that we both were in positions to teach all the grade levels yes. recently and so it's a different animal but what works for kinder will really work for all the grade levels. I I think you noticed that too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, you know, you can, there are some very blanket things that you can do for classroom management, whether you're teaching kindergarten or whether you're teaching, you know, sixth, seventh or eighth grade. 
Um, mm-hmm. um, so let's get let's get right into some some methods on how to do that. So what what is your biggest suggestion for this kindergarten teacher for these kindergarten teachers? What's your biggest suggestion on what to do um, for the end of the year? You know, I found that bringing out something different that and and being not and being mindful that kids especially at this age especially this time of year they need to move their bodies right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um i actually tried out some different methods when i when kinder first came in it was like let's do a jump battle and you can find those for they're inexpensive they're they don't even cost right you have youtube you put on a jump battle the kids are jumping they think it's a game we can go more into that later but look for jump battles on YouTube. I think they were created during the COVID time because kids mm-hmm. still needed to get exercise and teachers were still trying to do their best in teaching. So, right. um, well, yeah, I know some, some PE teachers actually made these things up, these jump battles. And let me just say as a parent, do it. Pull <laughs> it up for your kids. Because guess what? When I need to make dinner and my son is asking me for something and my daughter's asking me for something and everybody's asking me for something and people are being crazy, then I'm like, hey, you guys want to do a jump battle? And we turn on the jump battle and they're doing jump battles for probably 20 minutes. And then it's like, okay, yay, it's dinner time. And then it's bedtime after that. Then they're tired because they've been doing jump battles for 20 or 30 minutes straight and they get all their energy out and you get, you know, like some time to actually concentrate on making dinner so um that's for parents out there too not just teachers but yes jump battles for kindergarten one of the best things ever it gives them a little bit of time to just kind of get everything out of their system because we all know that like when kids are young you know they're tired or they're at their end of the rope with learning um that they need a break a brain break so to speak yeah Exactly. They need that break and that helps them even relieve stress. And then, you know, doing a jump battle or something like that. And then maybe if I want them to settle down, then I give them a little bit of a transition period. Okay, this is how the class is going to go. This is what we're going to be doing today while the in the time that I have you. And mm-hmm. then having them calm down. You know, I put those jump battles in maybe at the beginning of the session or at the end to see what works best. But I think it actually ended up working best by getting all the wiggles out and then doing that little bit of a calm down, doing a lesson and ending it from there. What about you? Tell me some of the things that you did. Um, for for kindergarten and, you know, honestly, even for first grade, too, mm-hmm. um, I used to use like the 15 to 20 minute transition because, you know, science has proven that children at that age really can only hold their attention on something for 15, maybe 20 minutes for the gifted kids or the kids who are like really into it, you know, or really focused on that one subject. Um, Maybe, but standard 15 minutes for kids at that age is something that you really need to um, recognize um, as a teacher of very young children because they don't have the stamina to... um, to keep going on a certain subject for a long, long time. So that was one thing that I kind of kept in mind. And and I did change it up um, every 15 to 20 minutes of what we were doing uh, just to kind of give them, hey, first we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this. And then I time those things at intervals 
so that the kids are constantly moving. They're constantly doing something different. And that even helped with a lot of behaviors. Because as teachers, we can kind of see when we look around, is this working? And one of the biggest things also for me was if something wasn't working and I could see that it wasn't working, then I would change it right then and there in the middle of the lesson and everything. I'd be like, hey, every, you know, I would use my attention getter. We would, everybody would circle back up. Okay, we're changing the plan, you know, and you know, it, however you want to talk, you know, to the kids about that. But um, I have changed things right in the middle of something when something isn't working. And I think that a lot of people, uh, from what I have seen, there are teachers who are afraid to do that because it's diverting from the plan. But um, having that flexibility and having a backup plan um, is one of the best things that you can do, you know, because I, I have even written lessons and then I have a backup lesson if the first lesson doesn't work out. Right. So, That's always um, a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just turning something into a game. I love the way that you said, read your audience. Uh, mm-hmm. Students are no different. And if you see it failing and you see that you're losing kids, sometimes you just have to say, okay, you guys, we're going to stop this. So you can even be transparent about it. We're going to stop this and we're going to start this new thing. And I think I call it like, uh, especially for the younger kids, I call it like my Sesame Street philosophy. You know, like when littles, I remember, you know, when when you were little watching Sesame Street, it would change every few seconds. One minute might be one thing and the next minute it might be a letter or a number or a kid's plane or whatever it is. But that's what keeps kids' attention. And I even remember doing something on that plan when I taught even like third grade and up. If Mm -hmm. you change something, that little bit of a transition, of course, teach that procedure, right, of how to transition from one thing to another. But it really Mm -hmm. helps kids keep their attention. Same as adults. We can only hold our attention so long. And actually, you get more bang for your buck, right? Wouldn't you think so? Oh, yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, so what are some other things that, so we talked about kindergarten, um, Uh any other last suggestions just specifically for kindergarten at the end of the year? You know, like I said, it's pulling out that thing because they're still babies, right? Uh And you know, and as the year goes on, like right now, near the end of the year, I talked to the kiddos about being old kindergartners or new first graders. So I'm already kind of making that bridge between kinder and first grade and making Mm -hmm. that expectation. So we talk about expectations. Um, It's not, you're never going to short yourself if you don't talk about procedures. Take the time to do that. Does that make sense? Like take the time to, to set that expectation and then even pulling out something new. It's like that shock and awe. You know, like, for example, I was teaching about polar bears the other day, and I had this unusual picture of a polar bear and what he was doing, looking at a seal on the snow. And I have that picture up so that, boom, attention, because we, everyone, I think, most everyone is stimulated by visuals, right? So I'm always looking for a visual to make the kids kind of walk in and want to be curious and knowing that they're going to see something new. And then I have the ever-loving, you know, balloon time. If we finish this, then we have balloon time. And I haven't organized, but I have a procedure. Kids have to sit on the floor and they love it. And Mm -hmm. now I've gotten the kiddos to where they're not saying, I didn't get a turn. I didn't get a turn. And they know that sometimes they might not get a turn to hit the balloon. But usually by the end of balloon time, 
And just by the way you say it, it makes you want to have balloon time, right? And what yeah. color is it going to be? And what <laughs> shape is it? And how many hits? Or maybe okay. using a certain finger to hit the balloon. But I think that um, the, at the end, I pretty much have a balloon little toss back and forth with the kids that quote unquote didn't get a turn, so to speak. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. But well, I see yeah. if... Let me say one more thing. I see that the kiddos are more cognizant of each other when mm -hmm. someone catches the balloon and hands it off to someone else. Then I jump on that and say, oh, how kind that is. So, mm -hmm. you know, lots going on, teaching kindness and, you know, taking turns. It's all part of life. So right. I think that was a big thing, too. I think those are all really great suggestions for um, for the lower grades, for the primary grades, I should say. Um, one thing that I really liked that, um, Finn's teacher did last year was she like, um, did a transition, like what you're going to now that everything is over. Now we're going to go over the main things that you need to know for third grade. And that was her lesson. Like the things, you know, preparing them to be third graders. And Finn was like, all in he was like mom we're learning about how to be third graders now you know the year isn't over yet and i'm like okay <laughs> okay yeah those are those filler times <laughs> i'm desperate it's the end right. of the year i have to engage right. my kids right yeah right and so i think that that's a good one to use though because Definitely. i mean he i mean a lot of the kids were like really into it like okay you know and she had them like you know they had to take notes you know, and learn. So not only were they, they had been learning to take notes the whole year, but like now they were like taking notes on what third graders do, how third graders act, how third graders look, what do third graders learn, you know, and then they did like some example third grade lessons, you know. Oh, and so, that's great. I love um, it. She did a, a great job with, with doing that because Finn was like, oh, I'm going to be so prepared now for third grade because I know what it looks like and what it is and this and that and this and that. So um, I think that's another really great idea just kind of for the end of the year um, for some of the grades as well. And then one thing that I did with my older students was um you know we did book studies because i this was when i was teaching ela and one of the things that i did at the end of the year was like oh i had acquired all of these book sets for the school you know over time and so at the end of the year i'm like okay this is our last lesson and you get to choose what book you want to read and i had like 10 of each book you know and then wow. they could get in groups of their own choosing Ooh, you know, like because that. we had we had already practiced, you know, choosing groups. Um, so at but at the end of the year, they got to choose their own groups. They got to read the book that they wanted to read. And we actually read up until the last day. And I remember one of my students, uh, a group of them didn't get to finish their book and they weren't going to finish it in time. And so they um, they busted out the audio book. <laughs> they found oh, it on I YouTube. Love it. And they, you know, uh, they were able to actually finish their book after the school year ended. And I was like, you guys don't have to do that, you know? Like, And they were like, no, we got to finish. We have to know what happens in the book. And I'm like, great. Well, now you have yes. this on the YouTube. You can listen to it. And, you know, and I need the books back. 
you know, and it was like trying to pry the books back from them. <laughs> guys, the school year is over. Leave the school. Get out. It's summertime. Oh, um, you created readers. But it was, it was, readers. yeah, it was, it was fun. But I remember that one specific but thing. So there's a lot, I think that there's a lot that you can do to have fun with it too. And that was like the fun thing that I did because by the end of the year, my kids were brainwashed into thinking, you know, reading is fun and they loved it. So that was great. Oh, I love how you said that because that's what it is, right? We're, we're conditioning, we're building relationships. Mm -hmm. By the end of the year, the kids totally trust you. And I could tell from what you said, not only from your scenario with your middle schoolers, still having that crave and that curiosity of reading and what happens at the end. But even with Finn's teacher setting the stage for what was happening next and him buying into that, that yeah. shows that relationships were built, right? Oh, and yeah. And that's important. So it's using those high interest ideas at the end of the year that sometimes if if it's something that you love, the kids end up loving it too, really, right? So you're looking oh, at yeah. those last bit of things. What are those two subjects that people teachers normally don't get to as much. What what are those two subjects? Science and social studies. Exactly. And kids, oh. if you teach it the right way, they love social studies, right? They love science. I mean, truly, they actually love those two subjects. Can you like tell us like a few things that you did for the kiddos for like social studies, for example? Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things that we, so when I taught social studies, um, I did a very like hands-on approach with, um, presentations, especially with my sixth graders, because I found that they did not know how to speak in front of their peers. So that was one of like the main things that we learned along with our lessons was how to give presentations, how to be a good audience, how to be, how to give good feedback. So that's just like a preface to what I'm going to say, because I okay. did teach that all throughout the year to get to this point. Okay. So at the end of the year, we did presentations mm -hmm. and they could present. They, again, they chose their own groups. They got to choose whatever topic in history that they wanted to do. And wow. they gave a lesson to the class. Perfect. And so, wow. and now I will say with the older kids, it takes a lot of time. You have to start doing the presentations at the beginning of the year. There's just a lot that goes into getting kids to be comfortable uh, enough to speak in front of each other. And it takes a lot of consistency on the part of the teacher, even when it's painful to listen to the presentations. Mm -hmm. um, you got to just be patient and give feedback and continue and show you have to be the model. I will say that as a preface just because it does take a lot of work with older kids, but like they did have so much fun um, mm -hmm. and they had, you know, they, they loved to make posters and they had visuals and I actually, um, they, they brought in examples as well as um, did posters as well as had a whole PowerPoint presentation as well. Uh, the Google slides or whatever it was. Wow. So, um, that's what we did at the end of the year in social studies was they got to kind of choose a topic that maybe we didn't go over as much or maybe they, we didn't go over at all. Um, right. They got to do like their own thing with it and tell what they what you know what they wanted us to know about that topic. Wow, that's wonderful. <clears throat> Excuse me, I noticed that 
um, when you when you talk about your experiences with the older kids, I see that the word choice, you know, giving the kiddos choice, mm-hmm. even in, in third grade. I mean, any grade, like if you give choice, there's more buy in. Did you did you find that out at the end of the year? Oh, yeah. Especially. Well, I, mean, I think just with in general, like kids want to be trusted and they want to be able to choose for themselves. And so if you can show them a path where they are trusted individuals in the classroom, where they are owning their own stuff, um, then they should have the power to choose, you know? And, you know, a lot of the times, like when I was doing these things with the students, you know, choosing was a big part of it. And sometimes I would let them, like, I knew that it wasn't going to work out for them, but I let them choose. Right. But the best thing about that was I was like, if you, if you have problems, you know, in your group, I would like for you to come to me so that I can mediate your, your problems for you. And, um, you know, of course we explained what mediation was all that, but I would have kids then come to me and be like, okay, we're having a problem. You know, and I I did let them fail sometimes, you know, because they learned from it. Right. And that made them better at making choices, you know, the next time around. So that was that was super, super um, important as well was to actually let them have that choice. And, you know, that's a that's a life skill, really. Right. Oh, I yeah. mean, heading up into into high school, more teamwork where you have to work with a team, mm-hmm. uh, college. You know, I remember even working in teams in college. And sometimes you might not like what that person's doing and how are you going to solve that problem? Right. Or who right. are you going to pick next time? It might not be your friend. And it's like, this is not about you. This is about the project and where I know I can fit. And I think you even saw that in the short time that you were here in Arizona working at the school where kids would say, um, can I switch teams because I know I can't be productive here. So maybe we should, since we're already talking about that, maybe you could talk about how to treat those students because I think that's a big part of classroom management. You know, like I you mean, treat the, them how you want them to. The thing, the, the biggest thing that I did, and I think I've talked about this before, is like you have to set parameters and you have to be consistent. Uh-huh. Just because, you know, you, you know, there's always one student who you love probably more than the rest. Uh-huh. You know, I'm just going to, there's always a little bit of a little favorite student, but you can't treat them any differently because right. the minute that you treat them differently, everyone sees that and then they lose respect for you. Right. And then you've, you've lost everything at that point. Right. And there's yeah. no going back. There's no going back. <clears throat> and so... My biggest thing is the kids always, my students always knew that I was going to be consistent with them no matter what. If you broke a rule, whether you were the straight A student or whether you were the student who never listens, you were going to get the same consequence because I never played favorites. I never did any of that. Like, I don't, I didn't care who it was, you know, that was late or who was doing whatever. If I had a rule, I would follow through on that rule. I would follow yeah. through on my warning system. And I had my rules and my consequences clearly posted so that at the beginning of the year, 
even I would go and I'd be like, okay, this they this is what happened. Then this is our next step. You know, and the kids would see me referring to that and they knew that I was going to keep referring to that until the end of the school year. Like, I don't care if it's the last day. You mm-hmm. know, I did have a student test me once and he, I was like, okay, this is, we have this end of the school year party. You know, we're, we're this is the last day of school. It's a half day. We're going to do a, a celebration. We're going to do a video, you know, because by then all the, cla- the whole classroom is put up. You know, right, right, right. And this is um was like my second year teaching sixth grade. And I was like, okay, you guys have worked hard, you've earned it. Let's do an end of the year thing. And we agreed on it for the whole junior high. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a classroom though, and I was like, there needs to be a classroom for the kids who have decided to you know do A, B, C, D, or whatever. You right, know, right. and there needs to be a classroom that's going to continue just to. I mean, it's not a, a punishment. It, it is a punishment. It was a consequence. It's a consequence, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they had that classroom, too, where kids were just, you know, there was desks set up, you know. And um, I did have a student. Uh, he's It's funny because he's a senior now. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I don't know if he would even remember it. But he <laughs> decided to, he crossed the line and he <laughs> met the consequences and he didn't think that I wasn't going to let him go. To the, he thought I, he was still going to be able to go to the party. And I had to say, like, I'm so sorry. Like, and he's and he like, are you serious? Like, it's the last day of school. I'm like, I, wow. you know me. Like, you know that I am going to follow whatever the rule says consistently. And like, right. this is what you did. And right. I'm so sorry that you made that choice. You know, mm-hmm. but as uh, one of my students, I trust you to make the choices that are best for you. And this choice led you to the consequence, to this consequence. But you made that choice. Nobody made it for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't get to go. And he was, oh, my God, he was so upset. But I was like, nope. But you better believe that next year that I he was in my set. He was my seventh grader. We didn't have any issues. <laughs> It was like, and he was even telling other kids, "You you mess up with Miss Prentice's eyes, she's not allowed to go to the party." Like, Period. work hard, play hard, okay? And if you don't work yes. hard, you don't get to you play, don't play hard. hard. True and that. So, I love it. Um, he was like, I was like, yeah, you know, high fives and everything. Yeah, see everybody. He knows. Like, they listen. So yeah, I don't know. It's just. It's about consistency. It really is. And even with, if you're a substitute teacher, like consistency, 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 you know? I know. I want to talk about being a sub sometime. We need to talk about that. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and give the shout outs. Um, I want to give a shout out to Keep Largo Vista Beautiful. They are a group of volunteers that clean community spaces, plant trees and flowers, trim um, throw litter away and have even have a cleanup facts on how to's for the community. They are dedicated to improving the lives of those in their community and they really just want to help make a difference. Paying it forward to programs like theirs keep any community better. Um, you can donate um, to them as well. Again, they're called Keep Lago Vista Beautiful. Um, and our wonderful good friend, Karen is a volunteer there. Um, please make sure to check it out. Uh, they're just doing really good work. 
Um, also, please remember to check us out on Instagram. Um, we will be dropping new episodes again every Wednesday. So we look forward to seeing you next Wednesday as um, we continue to answer your questions. Please, please, please send them in to asktheteacherxyz at gmail.com or you can send them in on our Instagram, which is asktheteacherabc. Thank you so much for joining us today. We love our audience. Blessings. And may everyone have a beautiful week. Bye.